Pick your poison. Okay. If your significant other and your mom oh God. switch bodies. Oh, my And Lord. the only way to switch them back is by sleeping with one of them. Who are you sleeping with? Your mom's mind in your <laughs> girlfriend's body or your girlfriend's mind in your mom's body? Um, Definitely my girlfriend's body. Is you, Dude, you would never look at your mom the same ever again. Yeah. Ever. That's already fucking weird enough. That, this, yeah. is, this is, you know, oh, what, no, this, 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 you know what this is? This is like Freud's fucking, um, this is Sigmund Freud's like no, wet Oedipus dream complex. Right now. Yeah, Oedipus <laughs> complex type stuff. Yeah. Bro, nah, I, girlfriend's body. Okay. What about you? <laughs> I take the devil's third option. What's your dad? Just the threesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> what kind of concoction would come out of that? I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to know, man. That's I'll just put it like, be like, listen, I'm just going to close your eyes. Just, just to be quick. You already know. You I, already th- know I mean, okay. I think I would take the same answer as you though. yeah just because like you have to there's no there's no other way bro yeah if you if you take your your girlfriend's mind and your mom's if body, i muzzle you fucked. you can't say anything that would make me think you are my mother yeah you know if i just blindfold you so there's no terror in your eyes or like guilt yeah it's no, just, just purely just turn around just turn around turn around mom oh god i love forgive us oh please lord Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after confessing our sins from that disgusting, disgusting, disgusting opening. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Todd. Hey, I got you, man. <laughs> Today is September, what's it, 25th? 25th. 25th, 2022. This is episode 49 of Hot Pocket. Yes, sir. This is Sherry This is Sod. September 25th of when we record. Who the fuck knows when yeah. we come out here. Um, so we're going to get right to the point. A lot of kerfluffle yeah. in Iran, mm-hmm. the great Persian Empire, former Persian Empire. Let me let me say this right out the bat. Get my biases out the way. Yeah, Persian food. <laughs> of all the Middle Eastern kebab having, hummus having, pita eating, sumac throwing on their mm-hmm. pomegranate seed eating peoples, is my least favorite food. It's the most bland. I it would is say. by in, far the most bland. In Hot Pockets opinion, we've been there. You know, we've we, oh, we're not been there no, to Iran, there. but like the restaurants, we've tried it, and we've tried Turkish food. We've tried Afghani food, Pakistani food, obviously. Pakistan kind of is kind of a different away beast. from yeah. Mediterranean side. But when we when we talk about that food, it is I think the bottom of the totem pole for yeah. them. It's always cooked well. Yeah. It's always made well, but goddamn, y'all don't have seasoning. Yeah. And any fucking time I ask for a spicy sauce, it is 95% yogurt. <laughs> it is. A lot of it is based it in It is yogurt. just mostly yogurt. It's like, where is the spice? Now, for any Persian people who end up listening to this somehow, I don't know if this is going to find their way to you. Maybe. And you say, well, you haven't had real Persian food. Invite me over. Please. Invite me over right now. I, w- I need to try because I've had... The restaurants, which are supposed to be the best Persian restaurants right. in the area, mm-hmm. and the DMV area has a lot of Persian, so I'm expecting it to be really good. Incredibly mid. I would rather go to some Catonsville Pakistani restaurant. Yeah. I, by the way, have you been to Monosolva yet? No. Bro, you got to go. Are you plugging them? Yeah, I'm plugging Monosolva right now. Really yeah. good. Remember the dolky we went to where we had to do electrical work? <laughs> yep. That food was from Monosolva. Oh, shit. That was yeah, good food. It was very good food. Yeah. All right, so... You you can lead us off. Uh, I'm assuming most people have a basic idea of what we're going to be talking about. What are these protests happening in Iran? Okay, for? <clears throat> so 
lately, Iran's been back in the news cycle for the basically the killing of Masa Amini. She was a 22-year-old girl. It, she was actually the Kurdish girl, right? Why are you laughing? Masa. Masa, oh, please. Masa. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? <laughs> no, 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 it's just, no, no, like, I think that's how you pronounce it. But like, no, 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 like, yeah, 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 Masa. Yeah. Masa. Masa. Masa, I, I do good, Masa. Masa. Apparently, she, according to the morality police, she did not do good. It was the morality police, the founding fathers. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> it's fucked up, bro. <laughs> Anyways, so Masa Amini was 22 years old. She was a Kurdish woman from the Kurdish side regions of Iran. Uh, but she was actually in Tehran uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. And the morality police, for people who don't know, which I just did research today because I wasn't very you know, privy to that knowledge either, it's actually their organizational section of their police force. It's an actual uh, unit within their law enforcement. Yep. And the main focus of their... You know, their main objective is to enforce Islamic law and Islamic dress code. I guess that's what I've been dress reading, code would right? be like the easiest way they could go about Describe enforcing it. their law. So what they ended up doing was she wasn't wearing the hijab in accordance. She to had her. it on. Yeah, she had like she probably just had the scarf on where they were showing a little bit of hair or maybe just on the side of the head or something around along those lines. I read up on them a little bit. What their main purpose normally tends to be, and I'm not sure how many killings that have actually gone on or what kind I, of. I like, I will say, I am pretty certain there's been a lot of. I'm sure they've like violated. Like a lot like of, I'm very. Yeah. I, I've I've seen enough to indicate that like if not killings, I'm sure there were killings. There's been a lot of uh, beatings. Yeah, hundred percent theft, whatever. Yeah, mo- I mean they're they're police at the end of the day. You know? Yeah. So pigs are pigs. Yeah, pigs are pigs. No matter if they're from Muslim countries or Western countries, but. Their, their objective has, quote-unquote, always been to take these women in, not detain them in, in the full justice of the law and, like, try them or anything. It's just to put them in training sessions and release them back in the public the same day. This was not the case for Masa. She was actually beaten and put into a coma, essentially, and then she ended up dying in the coma. Yep. Now, this has sparked a lot of protests. Protests got pretty violent. Their police actually opened fire on the protest, killing two people. As of right now, a total of five people in the widespread protests have died in Iran, okay. which has obviously sparked U.S. It, it caused to, even more outrage. Yeah. yeah, That's the gist of current events, what's yeah. happening. And I think... To understand it more, I think we need a little bit more of like the historical perspective. We as well. we want the, the the backdrop because yeah. we could litigate the 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 myopic institution of the morality police of uh, the Ayatollah and all that stuff, which everyone suddenly, as per usual, anytime an international event happens, you hear about human rights abuses. Every dipshit on Instagram is suddenly an expert yeah. in this country. It's like, oh well, did you know this? It's like I I've known this for years. Yeah, I've known this. I've known, literally. Half the stuff we're going to talk about, especially with the history, like Shirley asked, like, how much do you, I was like, brother, I already know most yeah, of this Yeah, Sal was like, I can pretty much go off I can off do of, like, this, like, off the top of the head. I am the one who actually had to do a little bit of research on it, and uh, <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> the first time, the first thing I find, and the first time I was, like, from 1953, <laughs> and the opening sentence is, CIA and British Empire-led coup. Yeah, in Iran. That's the <laughs> that's history. The, that's, like, the, the main first thing you see. That's the history between U.S., the first initial aspect was a coup in Iran. So yeah, so let's start with a a broad view of Iranian history, specifically US and and British 
alignment in that history before we go any further. Because yeah. I think this is kind of going to be like what we did with Cuba, uh, what we did with Ukraine, because our stance always is we are two guys living in the U.S. Yep. Most of our, not all, shout out Pakistan, most of our audience is in the U.S. And most people like in the West are obviously based in the U.S. Yep. We should be understanding our role in how we got here and how we created the conditions that have led to not just the morality police, but anything that you hear about Iran. Yeah. Because when you are speaking as an American and you, for example, you're saying we need to do something, who is the we? Mm -hmm. We usually means whoever has power, state power, U.S. government. The problem is the U.S. government already has a very specific agenda and set of goals that they want to accomplish here. Especially with Iran. Especially with Iran. We'll we'll get into all that. And, and I think there is much more room for nuance because for people who listen to our Cuba episode with the SOS Cuba shit, one of the, the main things I try to assert constantly was that a lot of that felt and clearly was now that we know astroturf like it was western people really trying to create uh the the conditions for a revolution or coup to overthrow cuba because we don't fucking like cuba here this genuinely feels far more organic but we should still be mindful of the way we talk about these things and not you know give ammo for sanctions are going to disproportionately kill even more iranian women which they have been doing we have been instituting sanctions at a maximal policy for the past like trump escalated then biden kept going with it but i digress let's start with some history real quick a lot of what we're going to be talking about is very oil based yeah. so yeah it's the middle east man. it's the fucking middle east so i guess where i want to start with is that iran i don't think iran has ever been formally a colony or protectorate of the british empire i don't think formally keyword being formally yeah i think it might have been for a brief amount of time but especially when we get to stuff with uh the shah and the prime minister in 1953, it never formally. But the reason why, like, the, great, the, the British Empire always had massive control of it was because this one guy, I believe his name is William Knox Darcy. He was just some rich British dipshit in, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Super rich, probably like, like a venture capitalist guy. Parents had a lot of money. First made his claim to fame, again, using his parents' money. Of course. Went to Australia, hmm. owned a bunch of mines and used slave labor there to amass a massive profit. He had a shit ton of money, set up a fucking whole company. Goes back to the British. Well, shit, now petrol and like oil is kind of becoming the, it already was, but becoming more and more of a hot commodity to reap profits off of. I have a shit ton of money. Let me get in this early. He was kind of like one of the first NFT guys, but for, <laughs> for oil. He right? was the first mover. So, and this is what's fucking incredible. This is what, like, when we talk about colonialism and imperialism, this is what this actually means. A rich asshole, like a Harvard frat guy in Britain, yep. went to the British government and said, I want oil. Can you give me this this bit in, in Iran? Didn't fucking ask Iranians. Didn't do any of that shit. Now, granted, this was able to work because like the ruling class in Iran already had established relationships with Britain. Easily. But Great Britain was able to be like, yeah, William, go, Billy, go for it. Go ahead. They did, they did the same to shit at Palestine too. It's like, Everywhere, oh yeah, you want yeah. you the Balfour Agreement. Yeah. The fucking did this shit all the time. A, a lot of like when we we talk about these empires and cl- colonialism and shit, it's mostly from the British and then the Americans. Kind of did like a trade off to America yeah. after. Which again, why the fuck were y'all defending the Queen and honoring her legacy? Mm-hmm. Stupid assholes. So William Darcy, William Knox Darcy, whatever, set up a joint collab agreement with the British state to privatize and own oil fields in. Iran. Yeah. 
that was the I forget the exact. It's Anglo Persian Oil Company, I would think. Anglo Persian Oil Company. Yep. A- Anglo Persian Oil Company, and uh, spoiler alert. They are now known as BP Oil today, British Petroleum Oil. Ah. So that's where that came from. Yeah. A rich asshole, slave labor mines in Australia, comes back to Great Britain. Mommy, I want this. Yeah. So let me get it. this straight. He had daddy money. Uh-huh. He used daddy money to already take the British Empire's colonial asset in Yeah. In Australia, mm-hmm. where they literally was like Australia was founded basically just to be like a it fucking, was like a prison island, a prison <laughs> yeah. island, literally for for the British Empire. Uh, did his bad shit there, came back. This this is why this is why man, I'm telling you, I, man, white people, especially that British Empire, like those elites, they're the spawn of the devil, man. Absolutely. Everywhere they went, they wreaked havoc. And like you said, I just think it's funny how at the at the root of all of this is always some form of capitalism or capitalistic dickhead Bro, like you don't you don't even gotta say some form it's just it's capitalism, always man. the form man it's just it's capitalism. always is it's wild so i think that was that uh declaration like the formal agreement mm-hmm. was 1901 or very early 1900s mm-hmm. and then from there basically they set up the anglo persian oil company and started privatizing the land in the oil fields yep workers were paid dog shit yeah, most of, of the jobs that were available in iran because a lot of the economy was dictated by Persian, uh, not Persian interests, great British interests were, which is a common thing with colonialism all across the world. The basic idea is that the economy of those countries is not built for self-sustainability. It's built to uphold, uphold like the, the fucking, um, the ruling overlords in, in like the colonizing state far away. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why they don't have, like, great infrastructure or plumbing or food. Like, they'll produce that stuff to the extent that they can ship that shit back over there. So, same thing. They're, they're satellite countries. Yeah, they are satellite countries. They're yeah. satellite That's countries. a little term, actually, that they use, metropole yeah. and satellites. Uh, mortality rate went up. Cost of, not cost of living, but general um, income fixed for, like, that time period and, co- and living standards went down. Yeah. Incredible amount of repression by, like, the police state <clears throat> in order to keep people fucking in line. Mm-hmm. And so at around the same time in that bracket, 19, I want to say 1925 or 1930, is when we see the Shah dynasty, the Pahlavi family, yep. Persian monarchy that was set up pretty much as a puppet government by the British government. Yeah. Before them was uh, the Qajar dynasty, and they were like Turkish slash Persian, had a semblance of autonomy, but... The Pahlavi family who took over after him, and they took over because this guy Reza Shah Pahlavi pretty much agreed to like being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be your whore. I'm oh, gonna, 100%. Like, I will like make sure your uh, your interests here are good. Just keep me and my friends Gucci." Yeah, and they did, and they absolutely did. Even even now, yeah. Oh, oh, we'll we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to the Pahlavi family. I have, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so we're gonna fast forward a little bit because basically conditions kept deteriorating. Because that's what happens when you are outsourcing all your crap to a Western country and you're not building any sustainability. Come 1951, I think, prime minister, a new prime minister is elected. Democratically. Democratically, yes. We should say. Democratically elected. Mohammed Mossadegh. Mohammed Mossadegh. I blanked out his name for a second. (laughs) Mohammed Mossadegh. He had previously served, I think, in a defense position as well some other he, this was not his first stint in public office in yeah. iran but basically he was elected and the way it worked was that the election was pretty contentious even though he clearly won by like a, a, a significant margin where the 
Iranian Islamic, they had like a ruling council there mm-hmm. who basically like made the final declaration and, and okayed his win, told the Shah he won. The Shah as a monarchy has to sign off on the prime minister because it's a two separate roles there. Yeah. Kind of, it's, I mean, it's literally with the British monarch, with uh, Great Britain today. We have a prime minister and we have a monarch. Yeah. So the, the, the monarch has to okay the prime minister's actual yeah. election. So most of that gets in immediately, immediately, immediately starts instituting a number of reforms because one of his main things was that, I mean, I, he, I don't want to act like he was the only person bringing up like, oh, guys, did you know that we're really controlled by the British? E- everyone felt yeah. that. Everyone knew that. That's why he got elected. Um, there was a lot of communists at the time who were doing very well in Iranian elections because one of the main things they ran on was we need to fucking take back our oil and land from the British. Yeah. So he was not the only one. He just happened to be the guy who won. Immediately, as soon as he gets in, social welfare, yep. social security, um had a tax specifically on landlords. Mm-hmm. I think like 30% of the profits would go into a fund that would fund, that would uh, supply the Social Security, increase tax rates, tax rates all across the board, and the big one, nationalizing those oil fields owned by the Anglo-Persian company. Specifically, that yeah, the, the Anglo-Persian. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, that one specifically, that was the main thing, and they actually made good on it at first. And in response, the British government said, we're not fucking doing any business with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to fucking blacklist you if you actually keep doing this. And that's what actually absolutely happened. Yeah. Does anyone see a fucking problem with the Western world, especially the British Empire and the U.S. You know, government that was actually involved in that coup? Having problems with someone who is actually following the democratic process and doing right for their own country that doesn't feed their interest. Yeah. You, you know what the argument they literally made was at the time? Mm-mm. Our the British said our oil is being stolen. Oil from Iranian right. land was being stolen from the British because the Iranians said, uh, "Actually, we don't. We want to keep this for ourselves. Yeah, we want to make money off this and redistribute it to our people to increase their their living standards." And then they had, I think you're about to get to it. They obviously, as people can probably we can tell we're foreshadowing they they overthrew that prime minister because of the fact that he wasn't he was way more independently aligned with himself and his own nation rather than being aligned with the western ideology and western interests right um with some help he got some help from that um yeah so basically at some point Mohammad Mossadegh did step down for a pretty brief period of time like a couple months actually i think it might have been like a week or two he mm-hmm. stepped down like very briefly uh, for that reason, I think there there was some like legalese legislature bullshit. But then they like brought him back immediately back in because he was super fucking popular and people wanted him back yeah. in. And he stayed in. And then after that, that's when the coup happened. And who helped them? CIA. The CIA. Of course. MI6. MI6 is the British CIA. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, this is one of those instances where the information is so abundant. It is such a known fact that the CIA has literally come out and said and apologized, we did this. We bribed protesters. Mm-hmm. We paid for protesters. We sent people over yep. there. And I just want people to be very clear. If they were doing that back then, what the fuck makes you think that they suddenly would not do that's, this in 2022? That's my biggest pet peeve. In any people, country. That's my biggest pet peeve. People here now, they're just like, nah, you're just being conspiracy theorist. And it's like, yo, do we go through this cycle every 25 years when this shit is declassified? Even now, I just read something around Madeleine Albright was saying that, oh, you know, we were incredibly short-sighted in the way that we handled, like, the original, like, coups. Like, she was admitting to it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we kind of fucked yeah. up because, you know, we, we, we didn't see the foreshadowing of it. When it's just like, yo, you guys go fuck these countries. And then someone stands up for it. And then you're like, ah, you know what? No. 
that's not gonna fly for us. And then you wonder why people hate you. Yeah. It's a uh, simple formula. <laughs> it's a very simple formula. So let me get back to the Shah real quick. And it's annoying because the names are insanely <laughs> similar. The reason why people call it the Shah is because the first Pahlavi who was in power as a monarch, his name was Reza Shah Pahlavi. Yeah. So he was in power until 1941 because the British and the and the um, and the USSR invaded Iran at that point because Reza Shah was like it got so bad in terms of like inner turmoil that he had to start making some concessions mm-hmm. to like nationalization and stuff that. The British basically said, like, you're not keeping your end of the deal. We're going to fucking take you out. Which, again, yeah. huge fucking problem there. Even if you don't like Reza Shah and you shouldn't. Like, the fact that another country can another just country could just fucking do that to you. The USSR went in because they wanted access to the Persian Gulf because they were competing with, like, the rest of the Western world. So they had, like, a, a very tenuous alliance at that point to be like, all right, listen, we'll fucking do go on this together, but we hate each other after the fact. After that, 1941, then Reza Pahlavi Shah. Yeah. Or, fuck, Muhammad Muhammad Reza Pahlavi. Okay, then Muhammad Reza Pahlavi, his son, took over as Shah. Yeah. So then he becomes Shah Muhammad he, Reza Pahlavi. He becomes, yeah, my <laughs> lord. So he's in power from 1941 and goes through even like with the Mossadegh and everything. And Mossadegh is uh, overtaken and replaced. We're going to fast forward a bit, but basically after Mossadegh is taken, like Iran is firmly like a, a monarchy that's subservient to the British Empire. Yeah. It's... This is where it, 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 where I wish I had more time or, frankly, even more of like a, a, a basis of knowledge to really go in depth on these things. But there was a lot of different moving parts, a lot of involvement with the Cold War that creates different factions within Iran that, like, everyone's very unhappy with the Shah. A lot of people are very well, he unhappy was, with the he Shah. He was super unpopular. Super, and super And he literally, unpopular. like, I'm looking at it right now, says that he pretty much only relied on U.S. support to remain in power. Yeah. Until he was overthrown in, in 79. Yeah. Um, so you have hardline Muslim groups, Islamist groups, some would say. You had a lot of feminist groups. You had communists. There's a lot of intermingling between all these groups. There is like plenty of progressive liberals who aren't communists, who aren't um, super Muslim. Like there's, there's a huge spectrum of people who have a problem. And they all yep. kind of create this like smorgasbord of an alliance, tenuous alliance to overthrow the Shah. And so when you have that many different factions at play... You know, it gets very messy about who takes over in power afterwards. So, 1979, the Shah has taken over. The Shah is is, is removed from power. Uh, by the way, his son it fucking, like, lives in America and shit. Yeah, he wasn't uh, he at the protests? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Western educated and all that stuff. And after that, Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini took over. And it's been the Islamic Republic since because the more hardline Muslim groups kind of won that power struggle for, like, who would take over afterwards. Yeah. The reason why I spent so much time on that part is that I don't support Iran in the same way that I would support Cuba yeah. in terms of like what they do for their country and all right. that stuff. But first and foremost, I am against the U.S. trying to take sovereignty from another country yeah. and using it as like a resource base. I don't have to fucking like what the ayatollah or what the mainland policies are in that specific country but we support their own rights of independence yeah right and specifically the the rights of the people living and rising up like for example we support what the people are protesting for there right now because it is pretty fucking disgusting that like a woman can get killed for not wearing hijab properly absolutely but you could well you could go no i was just gonna make like further your point in the sense that we just want to make so abundantly clear that what the United States, what Brit- the British Empire 
they've done throughout history is they go into these countries they use them for their benefit they leech off of them they milk them as much as they can and then when the people get tired of it and someone like that rises up muhammad uh, mosaddeq rises up and goes against their interest automatically for the entire western world now he's a villain yeah you are no longer a reliable no, asset. No, you're not a reliable asset. You don't serve us, even though you're doing good for your people. Like, fucking Fidel, bro. Like, in, in Cuba, people loved him. They people still love him. Fidel. People still love him. But what the fuck does the rest of America think? Oh, they, they don't have no, not two shits of knowledge about Cuba. And they're just like, oh, yeah, Fidel Castro was terrible, right? He was like a dictator, right? Yeah, it's right? like, by the way, like half the shit no. that they attribute to Fidel was just CIA shit. Yeah, you're fucking brainwashed. Yeah. And that's what the, the empire in the Western world, the British Empire and the United States Empire, that's what they do. And that's the biggest pet peeve of mine. And I think Sods as well and Hot Pocket in general. We're always... In, in a way, we'll always support a country's independence from the Western world. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when it gets into the deeper topics of, like, how the Islamic State is... That shit sucks. Yeah, how it's operating and their policies on women and all that. Sure, it, that's, you know, that's, yeah. th- that's further cause for conversation. But on the larger international realm of politics that we look at... I'm always for fucking countries gaining their own independence away Absolutely. from what what America does. Yeah, it's in, insanely disrespectful to think that like a country has to be in, its entire existence has to be owed to and driven by Western interests. We can acknowledge where that has actually happened while saying like it shouldn't be that way, mm-hmm. and also acknowledging where there has been actual. And I hate this term because it gets used like for random stupid shit. Agency. Um, I mean, how many times have you guys heard about like? Oh, what are the main threat actors to America? It's Russia, North Korea, Iran, or like the and China are like the main four. Isn't that the axis of evil? That's the axis. Of, <laughs> yes, the axis of evil. Literally, coined. they called them axis of evil. Yeah, because they weren't in line. Like, how many times have you guys heard about this Iran nuclear deal that started with Obama and then got dismantled? And then like, it's, it's it's scramble about like how to piece it back together. Um, Real, like we don't need to get into all the details of all that. Although it's like insanely unfair what America's been doing with that, like freezing Easy. Iranian a- Iranian assets, <clears throat> regardless of what you think of the Islamic Republic, mm-hmm. freezing their assets because America, who has nukes and has given nukes to plenty of other countries, including Pakistan and yeah. also Israel, even though we don't acknowledge that, yeah. say you can't have nukes, even though we are constantly threatening Dealing. you, yeah. constantly threatening to overthrow you and topple you. Yeah. We literally fucking killed your main general. Remember that happened beginning of 2020? Soleimani. Soleimani, yeah. All these fucking Soleimani, Soleimani. Imagine if someone remotely even threatened to be like, hey, we're going to Mathis or whatever the general was last year, or we're going to take him out. Even if they said that shit, they would... We would be on alert. Bro, they'd kill your family, your dog, and your dog's family. You have to... Like, look, there is a reason why... The Western press is pushing, and again, this is a legit story that we solidarity with, like the protesters Absolutely. over there. But there is a reason why the West and the U.S. is so interested yeah. in placing sanctions and, and developing the story around Iran because there was already an agenda always to destabilize. By the way, the morality police that we talked about earlier have they have had sanctions thrown on them uh, as of like a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. We just think we've had sanctions on Iran for like decades. That have escalated under Trump and I think have persisted under, under Biden that have been killing oh, yeah. the vast majority of Iranians. Because here's the thing, most of the time sanctions just end up killing and, and keep keeping resources away from 
the poorest people, disproportionately every, women, disproportionately workers, everyday citizens, everyday citizens feel the impact of sanctions a thousand times more than rich because rich people will find a way. Yeah, and they are they are typically fine. They always do, and that's 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 the that's where the conversation comes to. I think is that what what. When when the diaspora of either whether it's Iranian issues, Afghani, Pakistani, whatever it is, when we protest mm-hmm. and when we say, oh, there needs to be something done, what, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that really mean? Because when you say we, living in the belly of the beast, you're talking about the U.S. government. Yeah. You're talking about someone has that has already for the past four decades, five decades, sanctioned Iran, told them what they can't build, can, what they can build. Have even fucking like done multiple coups there, and then like like Saad just mentioned, when those sanctions go into whether it's grain sanctions, whether it's like, and a lot of people need to realize that when when a lot of countries use nuclear power, yeah, that is gen sometimes most of the time I uh, would say often it's for their own general literal power, energy source energy source like that's what it's for, and don't forget what the United States did in Iraq. With weapons of mass destruction, oh, about yeah. how they have uranium and they have this and they have that, and nothing. Those those were false claims just to go in there, topple Saddam Hussein's monarch or not monarchy dictatorship, and take oil from there as well, yeah. and just completely destabilize the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I think there are parallels between what the United States has done in the Middle East to what the United States has done to minority communities in its own homeland. Oh yeah, in terms of. Flooding the streets with cocaine, flooding the streets with crack, letting the drug epidemic go as far as it's done. It's literally a plot to keep those minority communities essentially destroyed. Yeah. No kind of mobility with them. Keep them in that keep them in shackles in a way. Yeah. And they've done the same thing to the Middle East so they don't ever become a threat. And that's that's just plainly putting well it. not not just to not become a threat so that way they can take over their resources yeah. and sell it off like yeah. like which is the keep, same thing basically keep them keep, under their foot keep them docile it's like i need a guy in there who's gonna listen to me uh the ayatollah is not gonna do what whether you like or don't like the ayatollah and like for a lot of reasons you like shouldn't internally yeah in terms of internal iranian politics and in the day he is the leader of a country that does not want another country's tentacles like telling him what to do exactly like i you can't is fault that, a person is for that. that a remotely wrong concept no i don't not think at all. so it's, it's I don't a concept so. of self-sovereignty yeah i don't know it's really it's, it's especially annoying when uh okay because we mentioned that um the shah's yeah. son hmm. so muhammad reza um Bahlavi, uh, the guy who got ousted in 1979 his son was at a DC protest for all these things happening right now, like a couple days ago. Yeah. And I saw some people posting him and being like, thank you, you're our hero. Thank you so much. And this gets... <laughs> I really wonder if any of those people are going to be listening to this. But... um, doesn't matter. We'll educate them. Yeah, true. Um, By bragging on them. <laughs> I, this, I want to talk very briefly about this notion of amplify people's voices, amplify Iranian people's voices in this context, listening to diaspora members, because you have to pick amongst that population. Okay, here's an example. Uh, Cher, what's something that, like, it can be something goofy or uh, superficial. What's something you and I disagree on? Um, Drake? There we go. Drake. Okay. (laughs) Cher says, what about Drake? I, I think he's probably the best artist right now. I think he's insanely mid. Okay? 
amplify brown people's brown men's voice. Listen to brown men. Well, which one are you going to fucking listen to? Yeah. You listen to shit. You're not listening to me. You're silencing stand, my voice. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You listen to me. You're not listening to shares. So you ha- and obviously that's a dumb example. But like I said, there are competing interests in any country. Like I dem- like we talked about with 1979, competing interests, competing different factions. You always have to pick and choose and have a sense of who you're backing within that community. You're not picking a monolith. No. There is, none of these communities are a monolith. It just can't be. What I'm finding is typically, especially when it comes to international um stories that come back home and, and we have to listen to somebody in America whose family's from there. You this is why knowing history is important because I want to know where these people's lineage came from in Iran and when their family left Iran because I feel like there is a good chance a lot of them are from relatively old money. Yeah. I think it's very it's, to put it in simpler terms, right? It's it's a class thing. Yeah. Where the Iranians or wherever wherever you go when there's issues, even in Pakistan, because I'm Pakistani, I can talk shit about Pakistan, right? The elite Pakistanis have a different worldview Absolutely. than the fucking poor, everyday working Pakistanis. Mm-hmm. And do you think that if there's some kind of turmoil in Pakistan, those two are gonna have similar views or are they gonna have different oh. views? Are they gonna have similar people? I mean it's just it's just Republicans and Democrats all over again, right? Where uh, you know, Republicans are gonna go for self interest. I mean Democrats. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's not let, give them. Let, yeah. I don't want to give them. But too I want to, you know, our audience doesn't know that much. So I'm trying to relate to them okay, about fair, it, fair, right? Fair, fair. So it's just who it's self interest. Yeah. The rich are gonna have self interest with the rich and they're gonna align with their policies and the poor the other way. And when the US specifically highlights these stories, I just want people to realize that uh-huh. just take a take a beat, take a breath, and what Saad just said, just fucking critically think about what are, what is what is this person really saying and why why is their voice being highlighted right now he here's a actually a really good uh, let me let me pull up the name of this person here's a great example of why and i love i love this quote i don't know who, who where does it originally <clears throat> came from not all skin folk are kin folk yeah, yeah i fucking love that absolutely, one absolutely sir so there's this one notorious example of uh iranian woman i th- like i think american born who lives in America and she's getting credited right now for fueling the protests, which is incredibly disingenuous and shitty to take away the initiative that people in Iran took. Yeah. There's no indication that people in Iran are fucking listening to Americans for like a green light to be like, you can protest now, yeah. but America's going to fucking do that. They're going to give this news to this woman. Her name is, uh, yeah. Masi Alinejad is a 45 year old woman. I think she's a mother living in New York she has been a severe critic of Iran for like years now. A lot of evidence, a lot of evidence that she's getting FBI money and CIA money. She was like on, she was an advisor to uh, Secretary Pompeo. Okay. Uh, Trump's sec- Secretary of State, I think. No, Defense. I forget which secretary he was, uh, but she was an advisor to him on Iranian policy and advocated for the harshest sanctions possible, mm-hmm. which, like we outlined, mostly going to kill women, mostly going to kill poor people. What happens about those feminists then, huh? Yeah. This is an Iranian woman over here getting her bag and talking shit because, at the end of the day, like, she's getting her bag. Yeah. The game is her bread. So you don't always have to take like the first thing you see and feel like i need to have an opinion i need to let people know about what i think and just repost something because you're always going to pick up the opinion that has the most money behind it and that should be a cause for concern right there Uh, just to add on to that it was really funny because i was watching a show yesterday it's called the grand tour they're a 
if you if anyone's watched Top Gear, that's like their new show on Amazon. And it was a funny scene. They were in some one of the one of the Nord Nordic countries, and one two of them were at war. And they were basically like, "Oh, whose flag are you gonna fly?" And he was like, "Whoever's holding the gun." Yep. Right now, immediately, whoever's holding the gun, I'm gonna fly their flag. And this is basically that. Where right now, whoever has the money, which she's living in the belly of the beast. You think she's actually gonna be talking about like the real life Iranian people yep. and like their actual struggles, or is she gonna be talking about talking points that's gonna aid? The United States interest. Yeah, you know she's it's, she works primarily as somebody living in the United States. Yeah. She's not some like universal voice for all Iranians. There's no and the such fact thing that, that she's even talking about fucking sanctions. Yeah, is just complete horse shit. It's it's careerism. It's like and maybe she genuinely believes the things she's saying. I'm sure, but doesn't mean it's right. You you have to attach some level of critical thinking to that. Yeah. Um, Americans are insanely propagandized. It doesn't matter if you are not white. Yeah. You just you live in America. You are picking up the same information and, and news sources as any other person. You are not removed from the ability, from the frankly, the responsibility to think critically and responsibly about where you're getting your information from. And that's why you should listen to Hot Pocket, subscribe to Hot Pocket, we, follow Hot Pocket. We provide the best we, news and out commentary, commentary interesting questions shit. about are you fucking your mom or your girlfriend or your mom's <laughs> girlfriend or your girlfriend's mom <laughs> or your girlfriend's, <laughs> your girlfriend's mom <laughs> what has happened it's been it's been crazy We've kind of talked about the historical aspect of this, right? And we've already kind of mentioned it, and we want to make it abundantly clear that the shit that's actually happening on ground in uh, in Iran is we definitely support the people. That's always been the case for us, right? My question that I want to pose, that I find a little problematic, is every time I do see Iran and the Islamic State talking about it. Everyone talks about how, oh my God, before the Islamic State took over, this was, they were so free. Uh, this was this, like, look at how they were dressing. And it's all Western-centric yeah. views. It's yeah. all Western dress. It's all we- So my question is, when did Western shit become moral, like morally right? This is the thing we should be aspiring towards. Yeah, when did, because I, I find that incredibly problematic because now in the grand scheme of things whenever we see somebody with a hijab whether we see somebody dressed different when it's not western a lot of people here think it's wrong or there's something inherently wrong with their culture with their identity they might be being oppressed and i don't want to sound like oh like what 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 they're doing right now about like literally hurting women and killing women just because they're not wearing the hijab that's wrong but in like, it's just why are we so brainwashed to Western side, man? Like I we live in the get, West, exactly because we live in the West. I get women should have every single right to do what they want with their body and their what they want to wear, but it. I think it should be if it's a different country, it should be in the realms of that country. It shouldn't be if if the if Iran. I think they're a little bit too hardline for my liking as well. But if they're like, listen. We don't want to dress like the West. We want our women to yeah. be more covered and be this. I don't think it's wrong. I'll I'll go out and say it. I don't think it's wrong. I I, I think I I think there's an overcorrection certainly from the West, oftentimes yes. especially from like the French 
incredible that the French were saying, <laughs> this is fucked up. We do not condone the killing that happened. They were probably in their head thinking, like, now if she was wearing, was wearing the, the job properly, kill her. Yeah. Absolutely. They're like, oh, she wasn't wearing the hijab and she died? Nah, that's, that's, that's fucked wrong. Up. That's fucked up. If she up. was wearing the hijab and they killed her, good job. I, I think really it's it's this question of compulsion. It's it's women should be able to freely, without any kind of external sources, able to make the decision, right? Like, it's, it's the exact same uh, thing with, like, in, Islamically, with the, uh, with the hijab, you are not supposed to be pushed to wear it. No, it's pushed your to wear choice. It. So it's we have to be okay with, with both. Yeah. With... If a woman wants to wear a job, she can wear her job. Yeah. If she doesn't want to wear a job, she doesn't have to wear a job. Yeah. But also in Islam, if we're going to talk about religion, it, the mod- modesty is a massive thing, man. Even yeah. in, even as men, even as men, we are not supposed to show above our knees. No, bro, I be those five that inch up. seams, baby. Ooh. It's haram. It's haram, brother. It's haram. No. I uh, I when I went to Turkey like a couple of years ago, and I went to the, the the blue mosque. I was wearing like sweat shorts that were just above my knees, and they were like, "You cannot pray here." Yeah. Oh, yeah. You because yeah. well, you're supposed to. <laughs> I, I, you, I completely forgot. Yeah. When you but pray, it was funny. you're supposed to cover down below your knees and up above your ankles. The yeah. guys can show their ankles, but like when you're talking about religiously, like I just don't think you can have it one way or the other. There's some things that are very strict, and some things that are up to interpretation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on that. A little okay. Bit. I think. That's certainly and and like I'm sure some everyone's gonna come in like oh this quote says this quote like for, like I I get annoyed when people like suddenly become like a hardline scholar and all these things yeah. but like at the end of the day like my my viewpoint and perspective on this does not come from the Quran honestly yeah it, it comes specifically from just I just think people need to should have the ability to pick what what they want I agree. which includes because I I hear you like if we go by text I I would imagine. No, not imagine. I know there's far more of a case to Way be made more. that Islamically, at the very least, it is sunnah to be more modest. But doesn't mean it, that has to be that way, I think, for the, for the vast majority. Yeah, Even if yeah. you are a practicing Muslim, I think there's something to be said about you as a person versus what is, um, you, know, you know, it is still a historical text. Yeah. And we have to we have to be real about that. So... I get where you're coming from, though. We have to fight back against the overcorrection. Yeah. In terms of seeing, like, oh my God, this should be completely yeah. covered. Had she, to toe, did, no, girl, there aren't any girls wearing sundresses above that are showing above their knees. Like that's that's fucked up. This yeah. this is like uh, Orientalist, like authoritarianism. Like yeah. that's fucked up of us. That's incredibly Westernizing to think that way. But if people want to do that, they should be able to. I guess, you know. Um, no, I agree. Especially it's, it's sundresses. A, it's a... <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? No, but, like, that's the thing, man. It's my... There's a guidance to it, and I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that guidance. And if countries want yeah. to actually just... Like, this is very loose, because there's very problematic things in Pakistan. But when I go to Pakistan, mm-hmm. right? I was there recently about four years ago, I want to say. And... I think it was longer than that, bro. 26. 2018 like dude, I, was, I went December 2017 going into 2018 so that's 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 almost five five years okay yeah. even five years ago right damn damn time is fun five years ago I went and I saw girls wearing jeans I saw girls wearing uh kameez I saw dresses weren't there but everyone was modestly dressed mm-hmm. some women would cover their hair some women wouldn't yeah. and I that was kind of nice to see yeah. that okay they have the choice to do that yeah obviously there's very problematic things in Pakistan I'm not like glossing over that yeah but I'm just saying the way that they were dressing, because this right. is all about hijabs, right? That was nice to see, and I think that's how it should be. That the if you live in a Muslim country, it should be a Muslim country. 
It shouldn't be so Western centric. It should you shouldn't be because that's the, it. Just make it just it's a very pet peeve of mine uh-huh. that in West in in Muslim countries in the, where there's such deep rich history and tradition. For some reason, people sitting here who are yeah. diaspora of those countries, they're like, "Oh, look at them before the Islamic State took over. Yeah. Look at them." That's, that's annoying. That's, and it's that's, just that's like, that part bro, specifically annoying. Did, when the fuck did the Western world become like the pinnacle of morality? Yeah, or like what we yeah. should strive to be? I, I hear you, right? It's this paternalistic input we have about like everything has to be like us. Yeah. That is a sign of, of modernity. It's hard because I just think when we say things like, and not that we actually have any ability to to affect what the fuck right. is happening elsewhere, a Muslim country should be a Muslim country. I hear that in a lot of ways, but then like when we, I, I do tend to be more um, lax when it comes to things with like women's bodies because men, you give a little, they they run the forty yards yeah, with no. it, right? So it's like I, I, I get that, and especially in terms of like tradition and traditional clothing. Yeah. Like I think there's a difference between like traditional clothing should like have should be there and should like be uh, an important feature and something that we don't wash away. Yeah. With, and also like not westernizing. It should just not be a negative thing. Yeah, it should not That's be it should thing. it should not be a negative thing, but you know, I also I am iffy about saying not not that you're saying this, but yeah. like I think people could run with this this way. That a Muslim country should have some kind of an obligation to specific aesthetics that are picked and determined by certain people. Like that's where, like, yeah, I, I don't want to give that leeway type thing. But like, I agree with your your basic point that like we use very superficial cultural signifiers. Yeah. Like, how often do people? Is this going to seem weird and tangential? But I, I promise it has a point. How often do people equate freedom to the number of brands of macaroni cheese you can buy at a supermarket? Yeah, it's like I can buy Kraft and Velveeta and X, Y, and Z. That's freedom. It's like what the what actually makes that free? Yeah, it's fucking it's fucking mac and cheese, yeah. right? And that's like one of like the go to things people because we're so fucking brainwashed and coddled by like very super because we are like American culture is very consumeristic and superficial and dumb, honestly. Um, and it's the same thing here, like where we like, oh, clothing is a marker. And clothing, you can you can derive a lot from it in terms of like a a country's culture. But to say like that's a mark of freedom because oh, there's more freedom the more up a skirt you can look up is like that's yeah. fucking stupid. No, I I want to go continue on with this point. I think that say take some country like Saudi Arabia, right? Women can't go out without like a male counterpart, whether it's from your family, like your father or brother, or whether it's your husband. If you're seen out with like a boyfriend or something like that. That you're going to be punished for that, right? Yeah. And you have to cover certain aspects. That's really hardline religion right there. That is, in my books, the same kind of oppression that the United States has right now. How many girls in the United States have eating disorders, have fucking mental... They go through mental breakdowns throughout their life because they don't look like Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Because our world, our fucking view of society and how women should be is very twisted for you to be accepted you have to wear like a skimpy dress for you when you're in college because i saw this shit you know firsthand it's so you you're so sexualized that it's oppressive man it's oppressive for women to be so sexualized and they have to fit into this mold i was watching literally recently i was watching scary movie scary movie four i think that shit came out in like 2006 oh i forgot about those movies and then I started watching like some other like pg-13 movies from like the early 2000s or (laughs) mid-2000s bro PG-13 back then was fucking insane. 
like they're showing naked bitches. They're showing literally girls in bras and almost like. Hey, well, what movies were you watching? <laughs> <laughs> just no, I'm curious. just saying. Like, like I watched like the spoof movies, right? Like I watched Scary Movie Four, and then I watched um, oh, like the, epic movie, you the know, superhero that? movie, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, where they're making fun of it, and they were rated PG-13. Yeah. And the shit that we were showing PG-13, like, what was okay for PG-13, like, girl taking off her bra, but she's wearing another bra yeah. in it, but, like, her tits are it, half it's, out. It's very, it's fucking, if, I mean, not if, it's gross that what counts as comedy in this country is just, hey, here's a woman in an uncompromising, like, an unflattering situation that she doesn't really know. It's like, we wrote, some guy wrote a scene to be like, and now you take off your clothes. And it's like, yeah. wait, what? what yeah. Why is that, like, just a scene to make people laugh? And now it's feeding into young kids and society yeah. that, oh, women have to look like this. How fucking impressive is that? I, I would say it's a different kind of, I mean, this is such a fucking minute point. I would call it a different kind of oppression where, um, and I, I like to draw these lines just so, like, people don't don't have anything to argue with me against in saudi arabia that's law you right that's like islamic law there was a fatwa about against all this shit right in america it's not law but it's severe propaganda and you internalize these beliefs because of the the power of mass communication and mass media it ends up having very similar if not the exact same effect it does but it's it's like i like to draw the line saying because like the way we approach it ends up being different then Not that much so, because even in Saudi Arabia, if uh, we suddenly tomorrow, and this, this kind of happened with like the women being able to drive and shit, got rid of those laws on paper, the superstructure of the fucking country and like the culture makes it so like the law never really went away. Right. Same thing here, right? Like you, you gotta change everything else around it. Throwing on a law would not suddenly change these things. No. So it it ends up coming to the same place, but the vector that they use ends up being different. But People stop fucking having, and I, I hope, I think that people who listen to this are not the type to go to Western women's wear as a uh, the the fucking universal antidote. Yeah, like this is how it should. Yeah, be. Yeah, I hope none of y'all. I feel like most of y'all because, are doing because that. Because I don't know. It's the same people who tend to not see those things as they really are. They're the same ones who are posting about the you know all of this and then posting these re- retweeting the oh look how it was beforehand and then they're the same people who get mad at the muslim girl trope that she takes off her job and all she's suddenly free in like all these netflix movies yeah. right those people are the, they're the same they're one of the yeah. same thing it, yeah. you have to you have to realize yeah. that because you're upset about that that trope is happening in a western tv show because you were like operating as a westerner in that capacity and you were now projecting that western orientalization onto a different country because like i said it does not fucking matter what your parents immigration status is even if you were an immigrant you grew up in this country you are being propagandized yeah. the same way that anybody else is does Absolutely. not mean you have to be propagandized but you have to push back against those tendencies yeah. and i feel like where are we at now 56 i think that's good to go this yeah. was a, a a nice beautiful flowing long conversation it was. i honestly thought that we might have to supplant it with like something else like i oh, thought we were gonna be like dirty laundry or something yeah yeah like, i literally thought like we're gonna hit like iran for 25 30 minutes no, and then we gotta bro. do a stupid advice column here we are 50 something minutes we have never had a short ep- we say this every <laughs> single time it's like oh man we really did think that we weren't gonna get that much yeah every single time it's always like oh shit we're over now i bro. think the box <laughs> on one was short and that might be it yeah like we said earlier subscribe to hot pocket listen to hot well you're already doing that part yeah i hope so like hot pocket share hot pocket I don't know what else you can really do with that formula at that point. This Tell your been, friends about Hot Pocket. Tell your friends about Hot Pocket, too. Post us. Please. Comment. Yeah, engage with us. Something. Please do something. Um, we need it. Yeah, <laughs> we really need it. This has been episode 49. We'll catch you all later. See you.